0: ever exist? No. (laughs) Stop. I'm just saying... uh, What about the warp factor in creating a space marine? hmm?
1: What I'm saying is no space marine will ever defect to the Tau. If the Tau wanted to and wanted to put the resources in it, they could probably figure out how to make the... Kind of forgot the space marine process. We we're, we're gonna talk about we're we're gonna talk oh, about it. Kind of why would they do it? Saying if they want to do it, if they wanted to, I'm not saying they would.
0: No, right. you know there was a guy <laughs> who had like a bike shop, and at some point he made a jet propelled bike, and like everybody was like, "But
2: why did you build it?" And he said, "Like because I can."
3: So needless to say, this is going to be an interesting episode of the podcast. We tackle one of the most interesting problems, issues, subjects that has recently been affecting the Tau community, and that is the notion of Space Marine Tau. So please join us as we kind of tear each other apart for a little while, um, put ourselves back together, and hopefully learn something. I am your host, Calm Sword. All right, so let's dive in. Tau Space Marines. Um, immediately, you know, the fan art and 3D printed uh, fan models spring to mind. Uh, it's currently been a topic of mass uh, hysteria on multiple Discord channels as well as uh, Facebook groups the world over. And there seems to be more or less um, the, the argument of why not, which, we'll, which we, will, we will definitely get into, uh, and uh, and of course, uh, how come? <laughs> uh, and there, there. What what there isn't amidst all of the emotions regarding the idea that if the, the ta- if any if there was any race in forty k that could uh, create uh, a or something like a you know, why wouldn't it be the Tau? And uh, and there doesn't seem to be much thought put after it. And this podcast. Uh, as well as these tau talks are dedicated to kind of peeling back the onion on any theory, in the hopes of in the hopes of linking canonical examples uh, uh, as much as um, rule of cool uh, to why something can, shouldn't, or can't happen. So let's begin with how it has happened already uh, in the past. There have there has been. Uh, a single instance during the battle on Delith during the Damocles Crusade. uh, I believe it is in one of the Farsight books. um, And in it, uh, a group of space marines led by no other than, I believe, Cato Sicarius, uh, uh, basically breaks into a training dome uh, and, and a group of... Let's call them facsimile uh, Space Marines. Counter them. Um, they're they're wearing uh, ultramarine armor from I believe the second and third company. Excuse me. Let me just turn that off forever. Um, the second and third company. Um, these Space Marines uh, initially uh, Cato and his friends uh, call out to them. Uh, you know, kind of wondering what what is going on when they come under fire. Uh, from bolter weapons, they're not. They're not using pulse weapons, and the and they're also engaged by uh, assault uh, assault space marines. So in close quarters combat, they make quick work of them. They they spend a lot of time wondering what's going on, and at the end of the battle, they they peel off the armor and realize that they are something called uh, simulacrum, um, which are uh, amongst the imperial factions. Uh, are effectively like artificial humans or or vat grown uh, humans that that uh, merely have the appearance of actual humans. Now I don't know if this is a very closely related to um, the same type of human pro- uh, the human growth process to create uh, the servitor populations. Um, but this this is certainly this is certainly not something that is, uh, very alien. and the Tao seem to have, uh, at least in this one example, have been growing these humans in the hopes of making better uh, scenarios for their uh, soldiers to fight in better better training regiments. so but they are they are actually in the armor and and using the weapons of uh, the space Marines uh, that that used to own them. so the so the Tau effectively uh, pilfered. These, uh, these suits of armor and these weapons from their engagements, uh, likely at uh, Silical um, and uh, on the other side of the, of the Gulf. Now I'm just going to bring up very quickly that this gives further credence to uh, our, previous, uh, our previous week's uh, discussion about FTL. The idea that the Tau could have engaged the Space Marines on one side of the Gulf, uh, then Pilfered and stole these these artifacts and brought them over to Dalith. It it does seem it does seem unlikely that 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 amount of time could happen via STL. So just just bringing that up from last week. But it is interesting that the Tau would then use these uh, use these things when they have uh, such uh, such excellent examples of virtual reality uh, simulation. Um, We do know that the Tau use virtual reality uh, for training purposes, but they do take it as seriously as as actual combat. Um, And and there's no better example than Farsight himself, who receives his I believe his third yes his third uh, trial by fire uh, via a VR scenario that uh, his commander puts him through um, during the Arakan War in the Western Vale. So. It's an interesting idea. It might be just that they like to they have a variety of ways of creating simulations for uh, combat. Uh, but this is the this is the lone example where, yes, we have we have tau space Marines, uh, even if they're just copies, and even if the space Marines who then butcher them uh, think of them as you know barely uh, of a higher grade uh, than than like a drone. So uh, the Space Marines then use this armor and weapons to further the fight that's going on. So it's, yeah, using real bolters, using real assault jetpacks, and 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 meanwhile, and, and it's something that's brought up because the Ultramarines are so fond of the uh, Codex Astartes, it is, uh, it is Codex compliant to uh, take back the artifacts of uh, your dead, even if they've been touched by aliens, and maintained by aliens, something that... One of the space marine notes that the the tau uh took meticulous care of these uh of these various uh, pieces of equipment so all right so there's the there's the canonical example and yes that means that there is a world somewhere where you could have that grown tau space marines now Here's the immediate problem that we run into. One, clearly, these are not actual Astartes; these are simulacrum, uh, they're, or, or, or copies, facsimiles, and they do not, and they're, and they're very clearly not able to stand up uh, against actual Space Marines. So, so that's not going to work, right? If, if we're if we're trying to hypothesize how we're actually going to get Tau Space Marines, it's not going to be making copies. And uh, something uh, that, uh, sorry, I've got your uh, your new name. Uh, The something that the Crimson Blade brought up just before uh, we moved into the uh, this general talk is um, surely the Tau would be able to come up with some sort of way of of creating their own space brains. I'm going to say this right now. um, In terms of, obviously, the 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 notion of canon is really complicated when it comes to. Uh, when it comes to Warhammer 40,000, um, but at least let's call it the flavor of Warhammer 40k is that the only person that can create space marines is the emperor himself. You have examples of some of the Primarchs trying to dabble with creating uh, space marines. Um, uh, for example, the Ravens Guard come very close to it. Uh, but with each example, either by uh, fate of the plot or by a lack of knowledge, they end up creating monsters. Uh, even Fabius Bile, who has spent the last ten thousand years, and now Fabius Bile is such a renowned geneticist, and uh, I mean, at, at at some point you can call him like a bio mage, um, that he himself has not been able to create true Astartes, his uh, his creations are monsters. And this guy is on the same level as the Homoculus of the Drakari or Dark Eldar. Um, for 10,000 years, uh, Belisarius Call, uh, during various periods, we obviously don't have a, a solid timeline, was also creating or, or at least perfecting the Primaris program. However, as we know with the uh, last Space Marine Codex, um, the Primaris program was one of the final uh, experiments that the emperor was working on before the Horus heresy kind of blew up in his face. So again, the Primaris do not call uh, their creator Belisarius call. It's actually the emperor's work passed to able hands. So right there, that's, that's kind of the first, let's call it the first wall that, that prohibits the notion of the, the homegrown creation of a Tau space marine. Um, it's biomagic, It's 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 wondrous Dark Age technology. The Tau don't. The, the Tau haven't unlocked that that far. Perhaps not yet. But but if every if nobody else can, then it's it, for me at least. It's hard for me to believe that I mean, they'll be able to come we, up with a similar process. We, we Sorry, can Reg- have,
4: We can have the Tau Emperor on Va do it, right? Okay. All right. So. Clearly,
3: uh, uh, you can tell by Redrick's uh, the saltiness creeping into his voice. Uh, again, this is a very divisive issue, um, which we'll, which again we'll get into uh, <laughs> with, with the whole group um, in just a moment. But let's establish another kind of uh, wall to this sandbox, um, and I do want to also preface the next part with like this is. You know, the the hobby uh, is very much in the eyes of the beholder or the the hands of the modeler. You can absolutely do whatever you want. The the goal of the podcast and these talks is not to alienate people or to uh, or to invalidate, um, but to actually just explore uh, things conceptually through the kind of lore lens. So the next the next possibility that that people have come up with, well, is. Surely you had uh, Astartes ten thousand years ago uh, fall to chaos. Why couldn't the Why couldn't they fall or join the greater good? Okay. Warhammer forty thousand is a place where logic and basic pragmatism do not have does not have a healthy place to grow. Um, the Tower of the exception, especially the older lore. Um, the Tower of the champions of pragmatism um you know we don't need to eradicate things you can join us like we can we can make things work out um that is not 40,000 and that's one of the reasons why the Tau as a faction receive a lot of uh let's call it healthy skepticism however that's one of the reasons why i love the Tau. um but it's also one of the reasons why i respect the space marines these space marines are are let's call them almost the antithesis of uh logic and pragmatism um they're all feels you know they they uh they feel very passionately about the decisions that they've made and they have uh all of the post human super strength to back it up they are not a very uh log i mean humanity itself in 40,000 is not a very logic based society and in fact it's mostly uh, if anything its foundations are in superstition and dogma and the space marines are no different uh let's uh, surely, I mean, amidst all the th- there are many thousands of Space Marine chapters there, uh, there could be the possibility of deviancy. However, let's just like, uh, let's take the, the most famous one, right? Okay, let's take the Ultramarines. So the Ultramarines uh, cohabit 300 to 500 worlds depending on what part of the timeline that you're in. Um, called the realm of Ultramar. They have an enormous population of humans to draw from, and it's very much uh, mod. I mean, the the society is very much modeled after ancient Rome. Uh, the The families of space marines are considered, uh, you know, uh, it's a point of pride to be able to point to an ancestor of uh, of somebody that was uh, taken and and made into a space marine, or even brought into the trials. Um, unlike, let's say, the Baalites. Um, or the uh, the Blood Angels chapter, which draw from kind of a like uh, let's call it like a Mad Max atomic wasteland uh, for their aspirants. Uh, the the Ultramarines draw from the aristocracy of their many planets, uh, as well as I'm, I'm sure there are examples of of slaves and and or, or indentured servants such as uh, Marnius Calgar, uh, who who uh, managed to survive the trials and are elevated. Right, so. So this population of people comes from a relative. Let, let's say, in 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 terms of the million planets of the Imperium, uh, a relatively good place, right? Like a, a healthy place to grow up. They've got food. They don't eat corpses. I'm not even really aware of any uh, hives that exist in the realm of Ultramar, but uh, I leave that to other lore hobbyists um, to correct me. Um, but amidst all of these aspirants, um, they also have uh, dozens of other chapters that are. Very close by, that draw from the same well. If these aspirants pass through the trials, um, they obviously venerate uh, the Ultramarines. They venerate the Emperor, probably as a god. I'll say, Um, their foundation is in the belief of humanity, and this is something that the Emperor wanted for the Imperium. And if the realm of Ultramar is is the prime example of like what the Imperium could have been, then all of these people past their veneration of the emperor, venerate humanity uh, first and foremost. And that's, that's partnered with a very healthy dose of xenophobia. Human beings in 40K, I mean, on other planets and other societies, if you even know about aliens, that can be a death sentence. So the notion that we're in this, let's call it the pinnacle of human civilization right now, in the galaxy, in the in the universe, universe of forty k, these guys are also going to carry with them a very very uh, big dose of human supremacy uh, in the galaxy. So humans are best. Everybody else is is it should either be purged, uh, uh, xenocided, or, um, or 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 subjugated. I guess. Although we don't have any real examples of human subjugation of aliens, even at the height of the uh, Imperial Crusades 10,000 years ago. So, okay. So now they get turned into space brains. Now, when you get turned into a space brain, there is hypnotherapy, there's massive psychological and physical trauma that's visited on your body. And what that does is that it hopes to create, In uh, various uh, space brain chapters have, have explanations of why they do it, but they are trying to effectively beat out the fear in you uh, and mold you into a a psychologically into a a the purest uh, warrior psyche that can exist. So. And then and, and it's done to, you know, usually children. Right. I mean, they're between the ages of I think the youngest being eight and the eldest uh, being something like 14 or 15, uh, one of the space wolves. Uh, so you but, but it's predominantly being done to children, and these children uh even even before they've gone through the physical trials of being you know implanted with gene seed and literally having their DNA rewritten they are they are being forced into uh, a singular way of thinking uh with human supremacy being the first and foremost element of their uh of their cre- let's call it their creation so after that, you have the implantation of the various different uh, organs that will eventually turn them into space marines, uh, such as the the gene seed. And we know that the gene seed, as well as uh, as well as the let's call it the the uh, psychotherapy uh, that goes into uh, a space marine, effectively uh, creates like walls inside of their their minds, which makes them resistant to psychic attack. Um, specifically, um, to bring it back to the Tau, uh, there is an auxiliary race called the Nagi, uh, and the Nagi uh, have declared that that space marines are impossible to break, and and that the only way to break a space marine is effectively to uh, to make them into a vegetable. To you know to 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 uh, to, to assault their brains is to effectively kill them. So. So it it that's that's what we're dealing with right we're dealing with uh what is like in terms of when it comes to plot um there is plot, there is no thicker plot armor than a space marine uh and and its creation process so so okay so so how did they fall to chaos and the quick answer to that is uh they were either fooled by their primarchs which are very much uh, their parental figures um or they made the choice ultimately they made the choice to do it so attached to all of this psychotherapy and trauma and uh, manipulation and uh, uh, hypnosis uh, ultimately at the end of the day these space marines ten thousand years ago fell because they chose to and there's books and books and books about how uh how and why this happened um you know, the majority of those uh, Space Marines that rebelled were from the Primarch homeworld, so maybe that had something to do with it. Very few of the Terran-born Space Marines uh, were even given the opportunity to rebel. That's what the Drop Site massacres were. Uh, so, so we, ha- so it, it's a, it's a lot of. It's a lot of information, but what we can boil down to is ultimately that a space marine, if they're going to fall to anybody, has a tendency of uh, either failing in their own, in the things that make us human in terms of like, uh, let's call them the seven deadly sins, right? Uh, the space marines have a, have a tendency of uh, believing in their own uh, incredibleness and, and thus they, they fall guilty of pride, which opens them up to all kinds of different uh, uh, temptations um, but the process of a space marine falling is, is, is ultimately begins with that space marine. And I will bring up the fact that, like a guy like Abaddon, for example, um, per Aaron Demsky Bowden's recent books about him, uh, Abaddon himself has not yet fallen to chaos. Uh, he he walks a very uh, tenuous line between all four of the chaos gods, who are each trying to. Each trying to tempt him into into their into their corner, if you will, and he has managed to resist uh, all sides. Um, this is something that not even Horus was able to do. And if you if you note in the in the Siege of Terror books, uh, when they describe Horus, um, he's a guy that is complete is falling uh, and almost like falling evenly between the four gods. So so Abaddon is an interesting guy, um, and hasn't fallen yet. He still pursues his own his kind of his own agenda. But let's bring it back to tau space marines how could it possibly happen okay so the idea that uh a space marine chapter in its totality would be able to fall i think is is almost is almost too impossible um, surely not even the legions fully fell to chaos uh so so let's just bring it to an individual space marine an individual space marine uh, encountering the Tau is going to run into his his own innate uh, xenophobia, uh, which is something that uh, the human uh, civilization is built upon. Uh, and, and he's going to uh, immediately, uh, like he's going to immediately probably start uh, killing everything around him. Um, we do have examples, obviously, of space marines working uh, with the Tau, uh, for example, in the uh, Shadow Breaker book, we have uh, we have Death Watch Space Marines uh, who are who are uh, working with an Inquisitor. they there. They have some kind of agreement with the Tau. They're They're, they're focused. You know, no spoilers, they- but they are working with the Tau. Um, we have uh, we have the examples of Dolomar, which is the the first uh, Fire Warrior uh, book uh, that goes by the same name, Fire Warrior, uh, in which once the chaos forces reveal themselves on that planet, the ultramarines uh basically stop shooting at the tau and start shooting with them at the uh at the chaos space marines but they don't really i mean that that that's a very 40k thing right like uh there's a bigger problem here we're going to stop uh, even the necrons worked with the blood angels in order to fight the tyranids so um so so to, but despite that that is always from a place of there's a there's a mutual enemy and that's not membership right we're t- we're trying to get to how can a space Marine join the empire? And amidst all of and as we as we think about all of this uh, in terms of uh, in terms of canonicity, this is the best uh, this is the best theory or hypothesis that I've been able to come up with. Um, and then what we'll do is we'll open up for uh, some discussion. So what I've been able to glean from the many books that exist uh, that kind of frame the space marine mindset is actually to go back to the Dark Angels. Um, The Dark Angels are a really interesting chapter. Um, They're the first legion. Uh, They were the first space marines to put down the Thunder Warriors uh, during the final pacification of Terra. Their history goes back uh, further than that, but But basically, they are—they are the—the there. There are no finer examples of space marines. Now, I know recently in the Meme World, uh, Dark Angels are basically just uh, you know traitors, and every and every single mission that you see them on, they're trying to hunt for the fallen. Um, I think that this is this is an unfortunate chaos. What do you mean? Sure, sure, sure. So uh, amidst all, I I won't uh, I won't get bogged down in the uh, in the Dark Angel uh sandbox if you will. Um but there is an example um way back uh in which the first company this is the uh these are the terminators uh and they are they are responsible they're they're supposed to be one of the few that are responsible for uh keeping the secret that there are fallen in the first place uh but in this uh in this in this story um and i'll post the author uh in the in the comments um, because I can't remember it right now off the top of my head, of course, because my notes are scattered now uh, across all these different topics. but there is a there is a newly inducted dark angel into this squad of first company terminators. and he's been told uh he's been told about uh, the fallen he he has been. Uh, he's been inducted. um he understands that the, the 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 true mission of the chapter in order to absolve themselves is to finally wipe out the rest of the uh, of the fallen. Um, they're on a planet in which it's most likely cipher because it's always cipher. Uh, but cipher the 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 supposed leader of the fallen or at least a large faction of the fallen, has lured them into uh kind of like a killing zone and and now they're they're being ambushed by. I mean, you can call them cultists. I don't know what you call uh, these these humans that 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 kind of venerate the fallen. Perhaps they just venerate Space Marines in general. But they uh, they open fire and they they actually manage to drive these uh, drive these these Terminators back um, before they're able to finally get to this temple. And in the temple, uh, there is a a the remnant of uh, a Planet Killer weapon um uh, now the planet killer uh, there's a couple different types but this one is the viral version where a single cell of this uh of this uh weapon can basically just it eats a planet and it converts more and more uh, on the molecular level it turns all biomatter basically into sludge this is part of a like one of i think three different phases where uh, it would convert all biomatter into a gas and then uh, and then an orbiting ship would then lance the atmosphere and set the planet on fire it's pretty cool um, but but the but the planet eater virus uh, it was also used at the dropsite massacre um it's 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 pretty bad it's it's pretty frightening and these these first company uh, terminators are like we have to we have, basically we have to get off this planet and this new, this newly inducted dark angel looks at it and realizes that if they leave, if they if they open the door because they've been they've been trapped inside of this area, if they open the doors, that's going to that's going to kill this world. Um, to which the response of I believe it's the captain or or uh, probably a sergeant, not a captain. The sergeant of this unit says, kind of like, they're you know they're they're mortals. They're they're meant to die. Who who cares about them? and this lone Dark Angel uh, decides to prematurely breach the containment device um, and kill him and his brothers uh, in order to save this planet. So again, I'll post the name of this story, I believe it's called Dark Angel um, or Unforgiven, and it ends on this note. It ends on a space marine sacrificing himself sacrificing his brothers who are protesting against this in the hopes of saving a planet, right, with with hundreds of millions, if not billions, of other human beings on it. And I cite this example as the only way that we could potentially have a space marine work with the Tau. And that would be, uh, most, it, would, it would most likely have to be a space marine who either no longer has a chapter or has been separated from their chapter. Uh, This happens from time to time. Um, uh, Oshova, for example, has a Space Marine commander that, uh, or no, no, sorry, just a Space Marine warrior that that is with him on some of his journeys that doesn't have a chapter. Uh, the, uh, the, 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 The Death Watch has these things called, like, I think they're called black shields. You know, these guys, uh, have either renounced their chapter or they're the last of their chapter. Um, so it happens. You would need somebody, I think, like this, uh, someone that has been severed from their uh, their traditions and their rituals and their brothers, uh, and have to have been found by the Tao Empire. Now, at this point, it would have to be uh, it would it would very much have to be on the water cast or the ethereal casts uh proclivities to try to make this work but if you were if you wanted to convert one of these post-human super soldier killing machines you, you know human supremacist uh monsters um i would put them amongst humans themselves and if you see humanity under the towel and i know recently there's been talk of sterilization and and labor camps and what like and whatnot um i have a tendency of not believing imperial propaganda in general but if you look at uh if you look at the first tau codex um, as well as the second there is a first-hand account of what it's like being a human being living uh, within the commonwealth systems Uh, you are given a planet in which you're allowed to cohabit uh you are allowed to worship the emperor uh you you do you you have all of the let's call them the luxuries of tau technology uh, in the form of tau drones that, that seem to help with farming process the the farming process. That's the that's the example specifically given. Um, you but you're care. basically Oh, pardon me?
4: You have health care.
3: Sure, you have health care, yeah, yeah. All the sins of uh, of an advanced society. Um, but yeah, you're you're you 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 have it pretty you have it pretty good. You you don't eat corpse starch. Uh, and it seems like the thing that you trade is service. And we have examples of, t- uh, of humans, or, or the, as they're called Guevesa, um, Guevesa serving amongst uh, the ethereal cast, the water cast, uh, and the fire cast, as well, actually, as well as the air cast, now that, now that I'm reminded of the fact that uh, several imperial ships uh, turned, turned coat. Um I have never seen any humans working with the uh, with with the earth cast. That's actually kind of interesting. But but let's if you were trying I, to convert actually, a space okay, marine. I think
4: in okay. Broken Sword they talk about how most of the people were consigned to work with Earth Cast as workers.
3: <clears throat> oh really? Oh yeah. Okay, cool. There you go. So so um you know and something that makes the web asset interesting perhaps is that they work with all of the cast. Um so so if if I was trying to convert a space marine I would place them in a human colony. And this human colony uh would still be venerating the emperor first and foremost. Um they would uh they would be healthy and hale. Um they would uh and they would probably I mean they, to a certain extent they they might even be happy, which might be the most alien aspect of uh of the Guevessa. They're uh you know, amongst the human beings of the 41st millennium, uh, it, 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 might, it might mean that, that humanity is happiest under, um, under the Tau. So by showing this space marine that it is possible to retain your humanity, you're immediately assaulting, and you're doing it without any, uh, any torture, you're, do- you're doing it without any manipulation. Obviously you can't, right? The Nagi have already basically said that space marines are impossible to breach. Uh, the only example that we actually have of, of space marines even being able to kind of be manipulated, forcibly manipulated by, uh, by Psyker abilities is actually um, the Nikasar. Um, but the Nikasar might actually invoke so much uh, panic and fear in a space marine that y- you wouldn't have a legitimate convert. And that's the thing I want to say the most uh, is that we're talking about true conversion of a space marine to the Tau we're not talking about like pulling a fast one. We're, we're legitimately talking about making them uh, break their oaths, or at least in action, if not in word. So if this space marine is amongst the, uh, uh, a population like this, what they are going to immediately do um, is probably question everything. Maybe you even think that this is some kind of uh, trick uh, heck, they might, even, they might actually even kill, depending on the Space Marine, they might even kill some of these guys. Um, but ultimately, the first oath that a Space Marine has is to defend humanity. Um, we see this a lot uh, during the Siege of Terra, with the White Scars, uh, as well as the Blood Angels, uh, ignoring Rogaldorn Dorn uh, to go out uh, eat, uh, and abandon uh, the Imperial Palace, uh, to defend populations of human beings that are out, you know, being being butchered by uh, by the traitor legions. This is a very fundamental aspect of what it means to be a space marine. Obviously, depending on the type, there, you know, there there are a large variety, but, Flash terrors. but sure, yeah, fle- yeah. First and foremost, nothing like a space vampire. Um, but but if this space marine were were able to get over the initial shock. Of human beings working alongside, uh, let's just say, alien technology for now, uh, because they're not. Remember, they're not inquisitors and they're not adeptus mechanicus. They don't have a knee-jerk reaction. Uh, space marines, uh, space marines have uh, at least bred into them the ability to kind of have a like a third-person perspective of what to do next, because that's how they, that's how, that's what keeps them malleable and able to pr- pursue their mission. So, if they were able to get over that you leave them there for a certain amount of time. And we do have examples of space marines that are left amongst humans by themselves actually helping uh, humanity uh, on a basic level. There's a great short story of, again, another space marine uh, that was a Terminator uh, that is stranded on a planet. And uh, he discovers kind of a medieval human society there. uh, And he starts just helping them. Like, he helps them build... Uh build a watchtower and farm a field like and 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 everybody loves him because he's like a seven foot tall superman that is able to you know lift you know p- pull trees up by with 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 their bare hands um it, There is something about space Marines helping humans that it feeds a part of who they are fundamentally um on a mass level, you have the interregnum of thirty five and thirty six millennium uh, in which half of the Imperium basically breaks off from the Imperium that you know and love. they—they, uh, they, uh, The ecclesiarchy basically uh, rises and that causes an entire section of the uh, Tempestus Segmentum uh, to just just straight up secede. And because the Imperium isn't in a place to have another civil war, even, even five or six thousand years after the Horus Heresy, they let it happen. And there's a thousand years in which there are two terrorists. There's Uh, there's, there's, uh, the, there, there's the traditional, you know, Earth Terra, and then there's, um, uh, Nova Terra, which, uh, which is ruled over by the Ur Council, and the Ur Council is, is specifically stated to have, uh, at least one space marine on the council, you know? Um, so there is precedence for this, and if this space marine, this hypothetical space marine in the Tau Commonwealth, if... They're given enough time, they will like whatever this innate need to save and serve humanity might come to the fore and start pushing aside some of the even if, even if you even if it's like a loose tooth and you just wiggle it a little bit maybe shake off some of the knee jerk reaction to want to just kill purge main you know, but this is 40k, and I'll end with this: uh, the Tau would not be able to. Uh, rely on that alone and like so many things there would need to be a test you need to test out something because because actually turning a space marine to let's call it the greater good is going to be is going to is going to set off some permanent uh, alarms uh, in the greater Imperium Um, you know the Tau already dally with a lot of psychic races um, the Nikasar and the Nagi being the first and foremost, but then there's also human psychers that every now and again, uh, you know, there's a, there's a there's a group of astropaths working in in the in the Commonwealth. Uh, the Crude Shapers uh, have been known to uh, exhibit some psychic powers, um, so, and and the Tau don't regulate it at all, and that 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 would be really alarming for a race like uh, humanity or or the Eldar for that matter. Um, but now you're going to you're going to try to you're going to try to turn a space marine, uh, and if you if you're anywhere near successful to that, and and the Tau would have to be even you know more naive than they already are, but if you're going to do that, uh, humanity is not uh, ever going to stop uh, trying to murder every last one of you as fast as possible. Uh, a a in game example of this would be um, back uh, during I think third or fourth edition. Um, you were able to take Guevessa soldiers, and in their special rules, it said if you're fighting against other humans, uh, they get a plus one to hit you because they hate you so much. So, so imagine that, but on the Space Marine level, if you had a Space Marine that is operating against the Imperium of Mankind and hasn't uh, fallen to chaos or any of the other or, or or hubris or any of the other things that Space Marines are known for. Uh, you immediately have the problem that uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of regular humans are going to look at that space marine and go, "Oh, well, you know, uh, turns out there must be something about the tau. Even a space marine is being converted." So, if you're going to make this giant leap and this and this and, and, and you're going to invest in in this uh, in this attempt, then you've got to make sure that it's hundred percent. And for me, in this example that I've, I've cobbled together, uh, this hypothesis that I've been uh, working on, because there are so many people that seem to want uh, Tau space Marines, if you were the Tau, you would have to test this individual. And the best way to test an individual is through violence. And so... This human this hypothetical human colony with this hypothetical space marine wandering around helping out starting to maybe starting to realize that there are things better in life than just constantly uh purging and maiming you expose them to a direct uh, alien attack now the easiest one to do would be dark Eldar because uh, dark Eldar are mercenaries so the tau could actually hire them or you just orchestrate a series of events that allow uh that that allow an alien uh, piratical force to uh, to attack this world. There's 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 dozens of ways to do it, and we know that the Tau, uh, as 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 much as a lot of us here think of the Tau as good guys, they're not beyond manipulating a situation to their advantage. So you attack this human community, and you force this space marine to protect it. You 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 orchestrate this situation in which uh, the space marine is now going to—he's not just helping these humans now; he's saving them. And at the end of that test, at the end of let's—I mean—the best case scenario is is that this this population of humans uh, dies, you know, gets wiped out, gets enslaved, something. Because what you're doing is you're creating trauma for this individual, and in that trauma, in the aftermath of that trauma. You immediately introduce the notion of, hey, maybe you know, let let's say if some of those humans got kidnapped, right, by the uh, by the Dark Eldar, or uh, or get slaughtered and cannibalized by a bunch of orcs. Um, if you were the Tau, you could then say to this Space Marine, how would you like some payback? And you don't direct this Space Marine toward uh, throwing off the yoke of Terra or attacking the Imperium or anything. But you use this Space Marine to then unleash it on your many other enemies. And you embolden your own human population by showing that, holy crap, we have one of the Emperor's Angels on our side. And and that is how I think you get a Tau Space Marine. Okay. So we have a lot of folks here. Welcome. <laughs> uh, some, some people came in. Uh, people saw Tau Space uh,
4: Marines and they're like, Ooh. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> So, um, so why
3: don't we open it up to just uh, some discussion? Uh, there's there's been a lot thrown uh, thrown at uh, uh, the group uh, today. Uh, does Does anybody have anything that they they want to bring up or or a problem that you see in that hypothesis, or just wants to talk about task space brains? Here, I will invite. First,
4: yeah,
3: yeah, let's bring them up. Hello.
1: Yep. Hey. Yeah. I just been but I think there have been a misunderstanding what I was saying about earlier. I was saying that not Tao make their own gene seed, more like the Tao grab some gene seed and try, do a little bit of experimentation and figure out how the process works. Um, to use an analogy, it's sort of like, um, like how a farmer doesn't make his own seeds. He plants the seeds, grow the seed, like figure out how the farming process sure. works, then grow the seeds, then treat that one plant as a valuable commodity then extract the seed from that plant, then plant that seed, and repeat the process. You understand what I'm saying? Um, No, no, I understand what you're saying. I guess uh, the thing is, is that, you know,
3: Fabius Bile has killed probably, at this point, thousands of space marines. He's harvested their bodies, He's, he's, he's done every single thing that you can do to a space marine in the hopes of trying to implanting a new gene seed into uh into an uh, into an aspirant is is not um it's not impossible but it's the balancing process between all the uh i believe I, and and now the primaries have like three more steps but but it's it's balancing all of the different organs simultaneously uh and and keeping and and keeping the body uh from degenerating um that seems to be the impossible part so and that's fabius bile and i, I just i even even Belisarius call in my opinion it doesn't doesn't compare to uh, fabius bile who has successfully cloned primarchs um so that's 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 i know what you're saying i just i don't think the tau have anywhere near the gene sorcery uh, that that is that is necessary in the creation of uh, space marines because space marines aren't just like a biological uh, result they're also there's there's also an element of the warp that's involved. That's that's one of the reasons why, uh, like they're able to have this kind of psionic defense to uh, mind probes uh, as well as uh, subversion or even demons. Like one of the reasons why demons love piggybacking onto space marines is that if they can actually break a space marine, uh, they can they can they become they become like a force of nature. Uh, versus if they if they inhabit a regular mortal body, like the mortal body starts to fall apart relatively quickly. So, um, but I see what you're saying. I just, I I think with the precedence of Fabius Bile existing in 40K, it it keeps me from being able to think the Tau will just be able to uh, create a a viable genetic version of a space marine. That's all. Just have the Uh, ethereals handle the warp
4: portion, smile, you?
3: Oh, sorry, could you you speak up?
4: I said just have the ethereals handle the warp portion. Well, uh, we're not doing that today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hey.
3: That was, a joke. that was a joke. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Let's uh, let's encrypted. Uh, okay. Cryptid uh, come up next. Thank you so much,
1: uh, Crimson Blade. Um, coming up, Cryptid.
5: Hello. Hi, how's it going? Good.
2: Uh, my thing about this is that, like you were saying before with the whole mind shielding, a, a space marine is very impervious to a corruption of the mind. However, the chaos is a corruption of the soul.
0: It's right? a good point.
2: It's, it's, the, it's the thing. Um, and my cool. thing is with the Tau is, right, they don't screw around with the soul. You know, They they got they got nothing to do with that. Um, but the biggest thing is that in 40k, while uh, we do say it's this whole big universe of faith and stuff, uh, the Space Marines are very practical. And one of the most practical people we've seen, and especially a big figure today, is Rebute Gulliman, who mm-hmm. Realm of Ultramar is right next to the Tau Empire. Now I'm not saying Rebute is going to go ditch the Empire and go join the Tau. I'm saying that If he sees that, holy shit, these blue people have fucking guns that can, you know, stop a Chaos Dreadnought in their tracks, I might need to get some of my boys wearing those, right? Mm -hmm. I think that there wouldn't be a chance for purely Tau Empire-created space marines, but I do believe that, you know, if Rabute used that uh, diplomacy of his, that there would be an option for Tau-equipped space
4: marines. That's interesting. And, and uh, I think uh, there kind of is a precedent for that with the Tao trading with, the, not necessarily the Imperium as a whole, but just kind of trading. Rogue traders. Yeah, rogue traders and stuff. So, And that might, is just like a temporary alliance because, I mean, he's already allied with the uh, uh, Yanari. Yeah, so, I mean, what's, sure, what's the Tau sure, at sure. that point? Um, <clears throat> an-
2: a- Another thing is that, there is also another very logical very practical very technologically oriented primark out there perturabo and perturabo would have no qualms with absolutely crushing a cast accept world and taking all the tech
3: sure okay so this is interesting
2: um all right
3: so if we
2: look at the
3: if we look at again it's always about precedence right if you look at the initial imperial crusades in 30k that uh basically brought you know brought the entire galaxy to heel you you do you do see a lot of space marines picking up alien uh alien technology alien devices uh pr- pr- honestly the the uh I think the majority of the primarchs are actually wielding alien weapons, yeah. Uh, and then, and then, in the aftermath of the heresy, uh, a lot of the Space Marines that are kind of responsible for bringing the rest of the galaxy, like, back under the rule of Terra, they are also forced, in several instances, to to adopt uh, the weapons of of uh, of of kind of broken empires. Now, the thing about that, um, you know. Uh, rule of cool wise, these are usually close combat weapons, like the anathema blade, for example. And, you know, like it's, it's, it's usually within the like grim, dark Gothic thing. You don't, you don't see a lot of, uh, uh, anime Gundam style, uh, alien races that get their stuff, uh, hijacked by space Marines. Right. It's Um, always
2: giant laser swords and stuff.
3: Sure, sure, sure. So I think that what's interesting about what you say is that, you know, you bring up Gilliman, um, so Gilliman is in a really interesting place right now because uh, his awakening is, uh, is heresy of the worst kind. Uh, and not a lot of people know about it. Now, obviously, Belisarius Call knows about it and, and kind of keeps it a secret. But, um, but Gilliman was brought back via Eldar death sorcery. Um, and he was brought back specifically because, at least, and now this is, you know, I know that things are kind of changing with the Redcon, but my understanding is, is that what, what, the, the reason why the Eldar picked Gilliman, because they could have picked others, is that they needed uh, effectively someone to rally the Imperium and buy the Eldar time to be able to create their, their God of Death. Yeah. Who could then, who could then, in turn, uh, you know, reverse or kill Slaanesh? Don't call okay, it. right, right, right. So, so okay. So Gilliman is an interesting thing because a lot of what he's doing is just heresy. I mean, he's kind of rewritten the codex, right? Um, he's uh, he's allowed for uh, for the first time, you know, Bel- you know, uh, a guy like Belisarius Call is able to invent uh, new devices and and new creations and things like that. And that's it's never happened in ten thousand years. Progress is considered. Uh, as much of a sin as uh, as dallying with with aliens.
2: Deviation from the norm shall not be accepted.
3: Right. Exactly. So, but say that we're entering into a new version of four, of of Warhammer Forty Thousand. I would say that okay. If you look at the at the allies that Gilliman could have, on the one ha- on the one hand you have the Eldar. Let's say that he doesn't know that they're trying to wake up a death god, right? Like let's let's just assume he doesn't. The Eldar makes sense because the Eldar, time and time again, are saying, we want to pass the torch off because our race is effectively dying. Now, the Yunari, uh stand against that uh, notion. They think that they think that the best days of the Eldar civilization are ahead. They just have to do a couple things and, and they can bounce back. But most of the Farseers, at least, and, and Eldrad kind of being one of them, short of his conversion to the Yanari, very much think that, like, we're kind of wrapping up, you know we're we're kind of it's over. The Harlequins start opening up the the black library to inquisitors, for example um they know that the that the primordial uh enemy that is chaos needs to be fought by a fre like by a better uh by a better faction right so um uh thank you uh by the Redrix, uh yes, getting close so so to kind of, if, if you were Gilliman, I feel like adopting an ally like the Eldar or the Necrons, which the Necrons seem very much hell-bent on stopping the Tyranids. If you were going to make, let's call it like a grand alliance, that makes more sense. Because if you were to try to make an alliance with the Tau, what you're inviting in is effectively a, a, the kind of culture that erases Imperial culture once you find out that you don't have to live in like a giant hive eating uh eating your neighbors and and basically being like just a just a, a one of billions that you know even trillions of, of just a cog in a machine um you give up on on human supremacy
2: yeah, that's. Uh, uh, I'm. Yeah. I'm not saying that Gulliman would invite the Tau into Ultramar. I'm saying that he would see the benefit of their technology. Obviously, he has reports of the Ultramarines fighting the Tau with the Tyranids. Uh, that that little sure. like ship that got left behind on the Democulus Crusade, and he has the Democulus Crusade to look at and the power of Tau technology. Yeah, the. Mm-hmm. I do believe that he would not. Because you know we we know that he's talked with the emperor. He's seen this whole thing. He's questioning the truth. I think that he wouldn't want to bring in more instability by allowing you know Tao influence in. But I would say that he would see the benefit of the technology. Mm-hmm. I think that is the one thing where we would see Tao human. Uh, cooperation is nothing more than technology Sure,
3: and if you look at the new aggressors as well as the fact that all primaris vehicles now seem to fly, maybe that's already happening
2: <laughs> oh yeah the, the 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 plasma cannon on the new dreadnought looks right. exactly like the ghost keels cannon right? right very very similar
3: right well thank you so much Cryptid. it's nice to meet you by the way no just... thank
2: you for thank you for inviting me in
3: yeah uh we're gonna we're gonna bring up cosmonaut uh cosmonaut has his hand up and he's, uh, he's and we're raining. gonna', we're gonna... Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we'll we'll wrap it up, and we can continue the conversation. It's just uh, we try to keep these uh, these sessions to about an hour, so that it's not uh, such a burden on Redricks to uh, to edit down too much. So, cosmonaut, um, what, what's that?
0: Yes, uh, I see one flaw in your argument, oh. and that is. Okay, first of all let me just say, yes, with the cloning and all that stuff with actually getting like a Tau made space marine, completely agree. It will never happen. If yeah. Fabius can't do it, no way is the Tower gonna do it. Um there is one flaw with the whole thing of bring in a space marine that's separated from his um from his chapter, chapter. and in, interact with the well, a civilization and whatnot and have him save it. Is that you still don't have a Tau space marine? You've Mm -hmm. got a temporary space marine ally, and that is still not, well, Tau space marines. And as just a general uh, thing that I've sort of begun uh, thinking, I've been having a back and forth with uh, Pickled on it as well, is the imperial religion or the cult. I'd say the religion varies as you start to go out towards the fringe worlds of the imperium mm-hmm. it starts to get a bit twisted and weird and it's not exactly the same as it is and they've got their own gods and the emperors just wedged in there somewhere sure. but there is something that i find strange with allowing the Ven- the god emperor of mankind amongst a human civilization that lives under tau rule it's sort of like the more you start to push in, you'll see the religion changes. And eventually the religion is going to turn into, um, well, humanity is, you know, completely number one. And I think that idea of the religion becomes more and more anti- Xenos the closer you get to terror and humanity becomes a lot harder to, well, to, let's say, coax away from The imperium the further you go in because of the belief in belief in the emperor because what happens to the guevesa in tao civilization should the emperor ever decide to actually wake up or come back in some way right right and Hmm. it comes down to the religious standing or, or the strength of the belief of the uh space marine in the emperor and all that stuff when it comes into this whole ordeal is Mm -hmm. that how does he then view humans that have defected from, uh, well, the light of the emperor? How close was he to the true understanding of the imperial religion Mm -hmm. closest to terror? Or was he sort of on the fringe and doesn't truly have a proper understanding as the cult would have it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that sort of understanding becomes a big thing that plays into the idea, I'd say, because you would and you could just end up having a space marine that comes in and decides you're all traitors to the imperium never mind whether he's uh, big into the religion or he understands how the emperor wanted humanity to be ages ago which was free from religion he could end up just completely turning against all those humans there and saying you've turned away and you've given up on humanity even in its most darkest of times you should stick by your own and push through you. and then so, yeah you end up with a guy just killing a bunch of humans.
3: Sure. Now obviously uh you you're rolling the dice, right? Like it's a there there's there's a 50/50 chance that the space marine that you get is a, a flesh terror and he just uh well he just spends a week murdering the rest of this uh human guivessa civilization. That you you yeah. 100% could get that. Or you could get uh, a more, let's call it a more temperate Space Marine. Now, something to keep in mind about the Space Marines is that they do not venerate the Emperor as a god, or at least, uh, hmm, at least not most of them. I think the Black Templars do. Um, do. But human supremacy is uh, is at the forefront. And something to keep in mind, at the higher you get in terms of the governing uh, echelons of the Imperium, you do get... Uh, a really fascinating uh, conversation. I believe it's in the book *The Hollow Mountain*, um, where you get two Inquisitor lords. Like these are, you know, these are kind of apex Inquisitors, and they're both having a, a drink together. And they're both one is a one is a uh, a member of the 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 Zenos uh, faction. The other is uh, uh, a the, the uh, what is it the not Malleus. Redrix, do you remember the three the three wings of the Inquisition? Hereticus it's
4: Malleus Zenos. Yeah. And then nobody the talks about Kronos. <laughs> right. Well yeah, we we don't talk about Kronos.
3: Um but yeah, so I think he's it's it's between Hereticus and Zenos Inquisitor. And they're both kind of like talking about each other's jobs. It's a really great moment because uh you realize how little like even these kind of like again, these upper tier uh governing elements of the Imperium like actually know versus uh, the people in this room. Um, but in but in this conversation, uh, the Hereticus uh, Inquisitor actually takes pity on on his on his brethren, um, because he has to deal with aliens and that even though he's dealing with cultists and, you know, traitor space brains and things like that, to almost directly quote the book, at least they're still they they they're still human, or at least were human. And that's a really like for me, that really defines humanity's relationship in the galaxy. that like, I mean, the emperor didn't even really seem to be bothered too much by the heresy for for the first half of it. you know, it almost was like, yeah, it's kind of inevitable. you kind of have to you gonna know, have to let these you know, let the brothers fight it out. you know. Um, it's only really when it got to his doorstep or actually when Magnus uh, interrupted him and interrupted what he was doing. Um, and for the record, Magnus did everything wrong. Um, but but human- <laughs> shots fired, I know. Uh, but but humanity, humanity really is disgusted by aliens. Um, to answer your 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 point, Kane, I don't think that the I don't think you could ever convince a space brain to not think that aliens are disgusting. Um, however, if you continually tie them to the survival of a human population, that first um that first impetus that first uh that that original programming that you you know you're a shield of humanity against the dark uh that that is always going to override like i could just you know uh hit the airlock button and kill all these uh, kill all the aliens on this ship you know um i think that i think it's always going to come back to them wanting to save human beings otherwise you're i i'm a hundred percent on board with you i don't see how you could do it any other way i don't see i don't see a space marine saying um you know for the greater good uh i'm gonna uh, la- uh the, the first musket uh has had his hand up uh so i'm just gonna move you to audience and cosmonaut always a pleasure. Right. come on up first musket and maybe you'll you'll close us out how's it going oh you're muted
5: there we go can you uh hear me now
3: yes absolutely
5: okay um it's going pretty good I did want to just bring up that out of all the chapters, I do feel like the White Scars actually do, in my opinion, probably have the highest probability of having a marine or two be swayed. Um, And I do bring this up primarily because of um, Corsaro, and Shadow Sun, their whole interaction, where Shadow Sun Mercy kills um, a Marine so that he doesn't get interred in a Dreadnought. But I also bring it up because of the Khan himself kind of having a more, I I don't know how to explain it, a bit more laid-back feeling towards the Emperor and Horus as a whole, comparing them to each other and more aiming for his own path. It feels like the White Scars as a whole are about as renegade as you can go, while still remaining loyalist in a way.
3: That's super interesting. That So, Kisaro Khan, uh, Horus was really under the impression that he would join with him. And you know what? That is a, that's a really interesting point to bring up. The White Scars also have a tendency of having a closer relationship with the Eldar. I mean, even... Even... Uh... Oh, excuse me. Uh, what is it? The... Um... Their primarch is actually in the webway, supposedly. Um, that's a really interesting point. Uh, oh, it's not Quisa, uh, who's their primarch again? The uh, Jagatai. Jagata, yeah, Jagata.
5: Excuse me. So, Jagata. Yeah, not sure of the pronunciation, but yeah.
3: Yeah, Jagata. Excuse me. Yeah, Jagata. It, it was under. It was under. It was Horace's impression that Jagata would actually join with him, um, and he is surprised when he doesn't um but yeah like I, I mean even on during the siege of terra i, I brought it up before um he spurns dorn and says like our job is is not to be like uh manning the walls uh of the uh of the emperor's palace we need to be saving lives and he does he he his legion goes out into onto you know onto the warscape that is terra and goes around saving people. That's a really interesting point that you bring up, and you're absolutely right. He is way more laid back, and and then to bring up Kasaro Khan and, and Shadow Sun, yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I also don't doubt that Cosaro would cut. Uh, I mean, he's sworn to to take Shadow Sun's head, but you're right. You can't deny the fact that that he seems to respect her as a warrior. Um, despite the fact damn she's
4: good a warrior
3: <laughs> yeah yeah and we, uh yes we're we definitely yeah you know we'll definitely get to shadow sun um hmm, good point, good point uh the first musket that's that's a really good point if there was any space marine uh chapter member that was lost in the Commonwealth, I feel like it would be them that that would that would that would be the best example for this hypothesis to live um Good, good stuff. All right. Well, that, that kind of brings us to the end of this, uh, this Tau Talk. Um, I will just offer one more time. Does anybody have anything they'd like to bring up before we move over into the kind of general, like the post talk in the Tau Talks channel? Anybody, anybody else? Perfect. Then thank you so much uh, for attending. Um, I know that this is one of uh, the more divisive uh, things in the universe that can happen, but I think that a lot of interesting stuff got brought up today, and, and, and the research was was really enjoyable. As much as as much as uh, I side with Kane, uh, it pained me to to uh, to think that this is something that is that is at all possible. But uh, good hypothesis, good good theory, hammer. Um, it's been a pleasure, and uh, see you next week. Uh, all are well. Welcome. Uh, thank you, Redricks.